everyone, welcome to another episode of Uncommon Commander. I'm your host, Cole, so known as Eclipse Meteor, and today I'm joined by the unsummoned skull himself, Coach Jero. Coach, how you doing today? Hi there. I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Coach, you and I have been trying to get this episode going, and now we the stars of line. We're going to be talking about Urgaros, the Empty One, a specter hailing from Dominaria. How mm-hmm. about how about you walk us through uh, Urgaros and and the point of your deck? Okay, so <clears throat> the commander of the deck is Urgaros, the Empty One. Uh, <clears throat> he is a four-three flyer. When he deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card at random. If they can't, they draw a card. Cost six, oh, and he has and uh, has flying. Not necessarily the most uh, aggressive commander, and the stats no- aren't necessarily where they want them to be either. But that's not why I built the deck. <laughs> still, so, that, still, that being said, between the artwork and and the ability is pretty. I'd say it's pretty decent, but that artwork is mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it looks like uh, looks like he has a scythe and he's riding on the back of a draconic individual. The the red and purple accents. I imagine it really pops on a foil. I wouldn't know, and I also don't like using foils. Fair, fair. So, yep. Alright, so... The point of building Urgros. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right, I thought you were telling me. No, I. It's it's <laughs> not my deck to tell. It's 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 your deck. Okay. All right. So the uh, so there were two major reasons why Urgros. First, uh, so first reason is we do uh, we were doing monocolored Mondays every Monday. And I don't really like building heavy black decks in Commander because it seems like they all do the same thing or are built around the same package. And it's basically like 75% the same cards every time. You're not wrong Which is nice. Which is nice. So I I was trying to find a, a black deck that would be interesting and... If it's going to use the package, use it in a different way. So, first mono black deck that I was that I had that I was using is uh, Blartifacts, mono black artifacts, and it was an interesting deck. Uh, it used uh, artifact, it added artifact synergies to the black package uh, that that people already run. So, I was able to add Marionette Master and. Uh, Arcbound Ravager to a typical mono black shell. But it was the only one I had, and those who know me and my deck building style know that I am very impetuous. I don't like running the same deck a lot. I, I, I will cycle back to decks, but uh, I wanted to make sure that I was able to have fun. And not just running the same things over and over and over and over again. So, <clears throat> I decided I wanted to build something different that used the same core synergies in a slightly different way. Uh, I also run, uh, or at least I have my own podcast that I do. Uh, I do 10 episode, um, 
chunks of the Quote of Arms podcast. So I record that uh, weekly for 10 weeks in a row and then take some time off. And that's a podcast about tribal decks. So I wanted to have a mono black deck and also have another deck I could run on tribal days. So I started looking over what are some of the mono black tribes that are not used as often, but still have enough support to be a deck. And that was when I remembered my old buddy Hypnotic Spectre, or Hippie. And, and good, good old hi- Hypnotic Spectre, just three mana, two, two of flying, and whenever it deals combat damage to an opponent, that player discards a card at random. That, and I love the yard on it. The artwork is 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 pretty great, the way it kind of coils mm-hmm. on that rock. Mm-hmm. So, so you decided to sit down and kind of take a severely undersupported tribal that didn't really have the it wasn't like um its mechanical identity was unique but it didn't focus on gaining power from one another it it's mostly just focusing around discarding yes although they all work towards that effect they all have flying uh for the most of them have flying and there were enough of them that it would feel like a specter deck and not like a deck that had specters in it, if that makes sense. No, no, no I, I think that I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they all, they all, there's enough of them, and although, although the the overall count is pretty low, even in in this deck, that their abilities mesh together and bounce off each other well enough that it does end up feeling more like yes, this is a spectral tri- tribal deck. the The goal is. The smaller early ones come out and allow, by the time Urgros comes out at, at six mana, that you, you can eventually swing in and gain, gain the, start drawing cards, which is, which is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and there are some effects that I have wanted to use for some time and just had difficulty finding a way to use them. Uh, there's one in particular that I will talk about, but uh, there are some that I use in a few different decks as sort of sort of a package. I am the Unsummoned Skull because Unsummoned is my favorite card. And it can be used in a bunch of different ways. In this case, it can be used to put cards back in hand and then have them discard them again with the Spectres. And it's a way of dealing with things that otherwise I couldn't deal with. For example, let's say somebody taps out for uh, an indestructible creature. I can erratic portal if they tapped out, and then attack with hypnotic specter, and if they don't have cards in hand, they just discard whatever it is that they put in that I just put in their hand. I mean, especially, so, especially if they're tapped out, so it actually allows mm-hmm. the erratic portal to to trigger and resolve. Yep. Yeah, so I have Blood Clock and Umbilicus, which are additional ways to return things to hand. So I use Unsummons in this deck to give me another shot at discarding. Uh, and th- there actually is a precedent for this in terms of me as a Magic player. Uh, I was challenged by a friend of mine to run a non-blue control deck in Standard. 
And the standard was Konzo Tarkir standard, which was one of my favorite formats of all time. Yeah, I, I played standard around that time, and I, I got to agree. It was pretty fun, even rolling in a format full of Siege Rhinos. I love destroying Siege Rhino decks, and I, I don't think I ever lost to them. I lost to, to like the red decks once people started getting into them, like the turbo red decks. I'm not sure I've ever lost to a Siege Rhino. Ah, oh, man. That's... That that feels like a big story for another day, but I don't know. that. Ah, oh, man. Having superiority over Siege Rhinos, I mean, so so how'd you pull it off? Well, I had a, I had a Temer Control deck that would, that would mind swipe a Siege Rhino pretty easily. Right, the mind swipe. But when uh, so that was a later deck. But this was the uh, Mardu control deck, where I would have uh, like just a bunch of removal for it. Uh, they don't have very many creatures, so Crackling Doom was really nice. Love that card. But the precedent for using discard and bounce together comes from actually in the top eight of one of those uh, tournaments, uh, a PTQ. Uh, the opponent was playing a blue-black control deck with Pearl Lake Ancient as their only win con in the main deck. And they knew that they had their best ch- chance of beating me would be in the in the pre-sideboarded game, and they were just hoping to get one of the two post-sideboarded. Uh, but in the pre-sideboarded game, I... Crackling doomed when they had... Uh, so they, they cast the Pearl Lake Ancient a little too early. I crackling doom. They bounced but didn't have enough mana to recast it. And I caught them with it in their hand with Despise. You know, Despise I, oh, man. makes the opponent discard a creature or planeswalker. When you, I had a play oh. set of them in my hand. <laughs> so it's just like, alright, do you want to try again? Oh. Yep. I feel like those, um, although in Commander, Despise and other cards, uh, its contemporaries kind of don't really scale up very well. I th- their surgical precision uses like really do come in handy. Mm-hmm. So the way the reason why that deck was so good against Dobson, we're gonna say if we're gonna get into that is because I had eight despise or I had four Despise and four Thoughtseize, so Siege Rhino was never hitting the field. Oh, Siege Rhino and Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. The I, I forgot Thoughtseize was was in during that time, but woo. Yep. Thoughtseize and Despise. I was actively ripping their hand apart while also playing cheap, efficient threats. Like uh, like the uh, what's his name? The the uh, the Goblin who Rabble Master. Rabble Master. Yeah. So yeah, Rabble Master. When the opponent has a stripped away hand there's there's no coming back from that but the way that works in this deck is I use blood clock erratic portal and umbilicus those types of cards to make sure that there's always something to hit with a specter uh, I also put in one of my favorite unsummon related cards that I've never used before which is warp devotion warp devotion uh, two colors in a black and enchantment. Whenever a permanent is returned to a player's hand, that player discards a card from their hand. Oh, oh boy! So I have, I've, I was, I kind of glanced over this card. I didn't think much of it, but 
when I think about your branding as the unsummoned skull <laughs> and sort of the synergy between the specters and this, like, whoo, spicy. Yeah, I hadn't uh, used that in a deck before because it forces my unsummons to be mean. But in this deck, it's already mean, and you know this. I'm broadcasting it from the fact that this is a Specter tribal deck, and I have a Specter as my commander. Yeah, the this is a a strangely proactive and underhanded uh, style of deck because you ha you're attacking your opponents, forcing them to discard, denying them resources in a way that. Thematically is black, but it's it's almost worse than bouncing their stuff back to their hand or killing their creature. Mm -hmm. So I, I won't always get those things to work together, but oh boy, uh, if they do, when though. I do, <laughs> yep. So in addition to having the bounce and discard plan, most of the removal in the deck is not destruction removal. It is uh, it's uh. Reducing power and toughness to kill things with state-based effects. The biggest issue this deck will have is with creatures that have indestructible, because black usually is not very good at dealing with that outside of edict effects. So this deck is looking to kill creatures by shrinking them. Uh, <clears throat> it can also make it so that it's easier for things to get through, like, if you can reduce the power and toughness of a uh, uh, of a flying creature, because there's not a lot that's going to be able to block them. Yeah. So I don't necessarily need to kill things to get through. I need to shrink them if they're coming at me, or just fly over them. So I have a different removal package than I would usually run in a black deck. And and all of the ones on the on the list are I think are pretty. Uh, the the ability to reduce power and toughness for to either kill something to reduce its like it being a threat at all like is if it needs to deal combat damage but you can't quite kill it. Um, let's go through a couple a few of the spells here. You got Death Pulse, which gives a target creature negative four until end of turn. But if you cycle it, the target creature gets negative one, negative one until end of turn. Defile, where a target creature gets negative one, negative one until the end of turn for each swamp you control. And hey, we're playing, you're playing mono black. Tragic Slip, where the target creature gets negative one, negative one until end of turn, unless something else died, in which case it gets negative 13, negative 13. And that, that can usually kill the biggest indestructible creature. Mm -hmm. So, the, the, this is a, there's a few of these in here that I think scale up pretty well. I mean, hey, classic dismember. Pay one, give something mm -hmm. negative five, negative five. It's you'll, you do love to see it. It's it's pretty neat. Yep. Uh, for the most part, I try to play removal that goes around my own things, or that allows me to get some sort of additional advantage. That's why I have Yehenis. Even though Yehenis does take out a lot of my own stuff, it doesn't if they're holding a sword. Because they're usually big enough to survive it, and and negative three can even kill quite a few uh, opponents' creatures too. And you get to cast mm -hmm. something immediately afterward. Yep. Yeah, so I, I get to be the first to to replay. Sometimes I'll do things like uh, Yehenis into underworld connections. Sometimes I'll Yehenis into a sword, which is always nice. 
Yeah, just uh, che- cheating, cheating out costs, cheating out cards, and reducing the cost of stuff. Uh, also, just happening to be killing opponents' creatures. It's just Yeheni's expertise. I I think should probably see a little bit more play because it it synergizes really well with a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Pulse is some, sometimes just draw, just a, a card draw. Yeah, it's so. So now you mentioned swords, uh, as uh, during throughout all this. So you're you're packing all five original swords in this deck. <clears throat> um, I'm packing five swords. Yes. So the ones that were from the, uh, basically the anime colored ones. Uh, there isn't a particular rhyme or reason. They're just the ones I happen to have around. Um, and I happen to like them, but. Uh, the reason why swords are in there, and that actually is where the deck got, got its name, it's Inspector Gadget. Because specters and the swords are the gadgets. Um, so the reason why the swords are in there is because specters trigger on dealing combat damage to an opponent, and the swords uh, also trigger on dealing combat damage to an opponent. It is kind of weird though. In the in the games that I've played, there's one infect specter and it keeps popping up, and I think I've killed two players with it. <laughs> so, are you feel are you feeling like maybe the deck is trying to tell you something? Maybe, maybe I should put something in there, a couple more infect support related cards. Uh, I didn't really want it to go that route though. I mean, but that is something else that happens when you deal combat damage. I mean, this so. So, Whispering Spectre, I imagine mm-hmm. this is what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, where it's one double black, one one flying infect. Whenever Whispering Spectre deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. If you do, that player discards a card for each poison counter that they have. But if you're killing people just on the damage, then it's like, well, I guess I don't need to sacrifice it. I just turn it to the next person. So maybe... Maybe in the future you add a few more uh, Voltron things in case this pops up. Mm, yeah, I don't want it to be too much of a Voltron deck because Fair. I do want this to be about the Spectre tribe and not necessarily about just loading up a creature because at that point it becomes, okay, why didn't I just make this demon tribal? True. Very True. So you have swords that deal uh, that have additional effects when your creatures deal combat. Uh, you have a list of interesting negative one negative one uh, spells that act as removal and a bit of little trickery. You got your erratic portal uh, that synergizes with your warp devotion. Um, what are what are some of the other highlights of the deck uh, that synergize really well with specters? So, <clears throat> I mean, that is most of it. The, the the swords, the bounce effects. The there are cards that care about uh, <clears throat> cards that care about uh, people discarding. But for the most part, this is a fairly streamlined deck. Um, it does the thing it does, and if that thing doesn't work, then it doesn't do a lot. 
Because I've noticed, um, going through the list here, that it does, uh, outside of one one card, that if, you're, if your creatures die, uh, you're in a bit of a bad spot because you don't have a lot of ways to bring them back. I also don't have a ton of creatures, but I do have Aldous... Aldous Reborn is one of the key cards because it does force about to discard, but it also lets me get something of, the, of other people's too. True. Um... But there are a couple ways. There's Sword of Light and Shadow gets a creature back. Uh, there's also... Um, and I so, guess on, in a pinch, uh, you could actually use the Erratic Portal on yourself to return one of your creatures. Oh, I certainly have. I, that, that's one of the primary uses of it. Uh, but it just like, wants to use it a little bit more aggressively. Um, but, and I do have a good amount of card draw, uh, to get into more. Um, most creatures happen to be of the tribe, but there's Sword of Light and Shadow, there's also Wretched Confluence. Uh, I can return up to three creatures from my graveyard to my hand. Right, yes, I forgot about that one. I don't think, I don't think we see enough play of Wretched Confluence. Mm -hmm. I I think... It can be a decent blowout. Like, Uh, pay, pay... Pay five to draw three. All right, that's that's pretty decent. You lose three life. You can maybe potentially kill a, a six power indestructible creature or something like that. Mess up combat math even if when you're attacking mm-hmm. into stuff. Mm-hmm. So yep. Uh, and in this deck, it's more about individual creatures cracking in than it is about going wide. It's a very surgical. It's a surgical precision removal style of deck that it it doesn't it's not uh, like I'm thinking about the things that people dislike in when it comes to playing commander and we have we have so many jokes about like oh well no one can play no one can play mass land destruction and you can't play stacks and you can't play this and you can't play that because when would commander players agree on anything um but in this case, you're you're approaching it from such a different angle, and I think most people don't really anticipate the I force you to discard so slowly that you're relying you're relying on top decks, hopefully trying to to find a way out of this. I have flying evasive creatures, which flying is uh, flying creatures. I think is probably one of the stronger parts of commander. Um, mm-hmm. and. And and now you're you're having this kind of slow methodical approach of, well, I'm going to remove this thing because that's kind of threatening, and I'm going to remove I'm going to remove this thing because, no, we can't have we can't allow you to have that that that's not that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I could see putting some tutors in to make it a little bit more reliable in terms of being able to find a specter or being able to. <clears throat> um, close out a game if it needs to, or find the particular effects because some of them just don't exist. And as much as I wish there were more specters, there just aren't that many. If, um... So if we might... Who knows what the future may hold for magic when it comes to specters. But... Mm-hmm. And especially because some of the other ones are in... Grixis's kind of wheelhouse. We see quite a few multicolor ones, but unfortunately, uh, most of them are stuck 
the only ones we got are in black and there's a, mm -hmm. there's a handful of them so outside of certain specters being available or not that's one thing but what are the few things that you would think maybe over time or or small little tweaks that you'd want to make to the deck that you think that would still make it really interesting make it really feel like a, a certified unsummoned skull deck um and and still keep the tribal specter flavor Oh, it it feels that way, but <clears throat> that that's what I'm thinking. I might want to reevaluate the win cons in the deck because I don't necessarily want to win by making opponents discard. So, like the Megrim effects aren't really that effective. Um, I could see taking those out in favor of some tutors to find the cards that they that the deck actually uses. Even if it's just, like, Diabolic Tutor, which is a 4-mana, find any card. Yeah. Like I could the, see that. The more the more mana-intensive ones versus, uh, you know, Demonic Tutor and, and others like that. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want the deck to get into the traditional mono-black areas, because then you start getting into the repetitive things. Where it's just, okay, this is the same deck I've seen over and over and over again. Uh, I'm not sure if there are a lot of ways in black to put multiple permanents out onto the battlefield. Or even a lot of tribal synergies in black for tribes that don't have a ton of members. Um, I could see... Um, I think there are some cards that are able to dig for members of a tribe, but I don't have that many in there. Um, do, do, you feel, do you feel do you feel like they'd be wrong. do you feel like they'd be relevant if you had them? Um, I feel like they would make it feel more like a specter deck and less like a typical mono black deck. But I do like the deck the way it is, uh, and I very much enjoy it. Um, I could perhaps see putting sliding a couple demons in there if they are putting in more. Creatures that act like specters, even though they're not actually specters. Uh, when I have a tribal deck, I usually want to have about twenty-five creatures, and you want Hopefully them. they're members of the tribe. Would you prefer them to be specifically that tribe and not like throwing in a changeling just because it's yeah. there? Oh, yeah. Uh, the only non-specter creature in the deck currently is Cryptgast because it's Cryptgast. Or, and uh, Magus of the Coffers. Magus of the Coffers, both, yeah. both of them are because they're part of the ramp package. But there's about 10 fewer creatures than I would usually want to have in a, a tribal deck. So I do have a couple ways to get them back, but that's not necessarily what I want to be doing. Um, so, yeah, then, I could then see... It, then it feels too samey, right? Yeah. So I could see trying to slide some more creatures into the deck that do other jobs, um, but I don't want to. I, I don't want to lose the fact that it's a Spectre deck. So it's, it's tricky to think about what I would change about it, what I wouldn't change about it, um, because of the fact that so much of the deck is locked in. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it is kind of hard to compete for for extra spaces and. Like you've you've pretty much topped off with uh, every with every specter. There is there is one from uh, Strixhaven, Specter of the Fens, 
which that you know hey that's plus one that's pretty great but yeah it's you could even you could even add um if you wanted to specter shroud the equipment that whenever the creature deals mm-hmm. combat damage that they discard a card from their hand hey we're still on flavor it's just that you the unfortunate thing is you're adding one body the one from strixhaven and then you're adding yeah. one you're adding an equipment just just for the effect um but you you've played with this deck a few times. Uh, what are do you do you have any any stories relating to the deck or or how what what's it like uh, when people are on the receiving end of it? Um, what's it like when people are on the receiving end of it? Um, you know, shit. any any funny stories of people being like, I can't believe I'm losing to the Spectre deck. Oh. Not really, it's just that the fact that it is infected, like, really, there's only one infect creature in the deck, and you found it twice. <laughs> You're like, I, uh, I swear, I didn't, I didn't mean to. <laughs> so, if, if more specters were printed in the future, or uh, a new legendary specter was made, um, w- is there a a specific direction that you want specters to possibly lean into, or do you feel as if, in, from looking at it from a tribal perspective, that this is the definitive specter design space and forcing people to discard in the numerous ways? You, it, randomly, you specifically take things out, they discard on their own accord. Uh, well, what do you think? I wouldn't say this is the definitive anything. This is me trying to find a black deck that wouldn't make me want to beat my head against the wall, and ultimately finding a tribe that works with unsummons pretty well, but neither black unsummons nor uh, specters have a ton of support. And so the deck is fun, uh, the deck does what it what it's supposed to do, but it's not hyper competitive, and it was never really meant to be. I mean, yeah, you uh, w- when you look at Urgaros being as expensive as it is, uh, and especially coming uh, looking at the set that it's from, uh, where Dominaria is saturated across the like across different rarities, and like, what are these creatures capable of? Uh, when, you know, when Peter came on, uh, uh, Mono White Border came on to talk about Quende Pride Ephemereth, you know, we're talking about a very linear, uh, pretty streamlined creature design of, well, these things gain, first cre- first strike creatures gain double strike. And in this case, Urgaros, the empty one, uh, is more of a, it's more of a set piece, but it's also a, a, uh, what I, I think it's a fortunate addition to have a legendary specter be available in order to make this type of deck. Like there, there is merit. I was surprised that they gave the creature type as much love as they did. I was not expecting there to actually be one. Um, but I do have, I didn't have it in my collection before I decided to build around it. And when I decided to build around it, it was, uh, so the juices started flowing of, okay, I want to, Eight components discard. What do I do if they don't have anything to discard? 
put stuff back in their hand, so they have stuff to discard. Yeah, I mean, between, um, you know, forcing people to discard so you can utilize, like, stuff off Waste Knot, dealing them damage, eventually maybe even uh, dealing drawing card off Urgros, which I think is actually a, a neat little payoff of... Well, now you have you have successfully forced someone to discard every card in their hand. Now you gain a benefit that... Uh, that synergizes really well, and it's nice to have... And, and, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think... I think this is a pretty neat deck, and I'm glad that when it comes to your content, uh, being able to have a deck that focuses two different angles. You're like, I could bust this out uh, on Mono Black Monday, where maybe people didn't want a super, super, uh, super busy, super uh, strong games, and then on the Tribal Nights, you're like, Hey, I'm playing, I'm playing Specters. Uh, most recently, I played it in a game with uh, <clears throat> in a, it wasn't mono black, but mostly black game with Kelly and Neo. Ah, yes. Um, so Kelly, Neo, and then the third was Johnny's Day Prime and Lenny Woolley. So that was uh, certainly an interesting game. That was the day before my birthday. Which is uh, certainly an awesome present because it was a fun game. We had a big audience for it. Oh, that's and Urgros got to take out a player with Infect again. <laughs> Seems to be the only way he can take a player out. <laughs> oh man, if we ever if we ever end up going to New Phyrexia again in the near future, there's gonna be a a, a Spectre with Infect, and you're gonna be like, ah, oh, all right, there he is. He's from <laughs> New Phyrexia. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Now every time you're like, oh, "I'm playing Urgros," and everyone's gonna be like, "All right, so when you cast Whispering Specter, watch out! Yeah. It's gonna happen every time." Just make sure he doesn't load it up with a bunch of swords. Oh man! Um, I have seen the swords a lot too. Oddly enough, I've, yeah, I've seen the Infect guy twice. I've seen I've seen at least one sword a game. And I haven't seen my card draw. Necropotence, not even once. <laughs> That's so interesting that, like, you... Um, like, yeah, so so since, like... Okay, so you have, you have 16 creatures... You have 17 creatures total, including your commander, and 15 mm. of those are specters. So th those are your dedicated specter slots. You have, you have a few instants that allow you to kill things, uh... You got a Toxic Deluge and the Annie's Expertise uh, to remove some stuff, and then you got Bubbling Muck to double your mana, which is always fun. Hey, guys, color shift. Actually, is was Bubbling Muck, I guess, kind of color shifted? I'm not sure. It wasn't formally, but it basically operates the same way as uh, as the the blue one. Um, you got your your signature Blood Clock and your Erratic Portal uh, mm. to kind of. Still get that gold unsummon, unsummon effect in there, and then you got a bunch of swords. You got a bit of ramp, but so yeah, your enchantments. Um, like you said, you mentioned me, Grim. So everything that kind of does similar stuff like that. You got Liliana's caress. You got me, Grim. You have um, which one? Did I, uh, Raider's Wake from Ixlan, where where yep. they discard a card, they lose two life, but it has raid at the beginning of your end step if you attacked target 
target opponent discards a card. It's what you it's want particularly to do. Good. It's particularly good when you're trying to attack and your creatures that attack are trying to make them discard. Yeah, it's just like, hey, now we get to do it again. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Warp Devotion. And then at a bit of a payoff, you do have Waste Nut, which, you know, getting that extra mana, getting getting some zombies, maybe drawing a card. Pretty good. But the things, I think, like you said, the draw, the draw spells, the things that want you to or enable you to find more specters and all this other stuff. You got Underworld Connections, Treacherous Blessing, you have uh, you have Phyrexian Arena, you have Null, uh, Null Profusion, which the six-man enchantment uh, for double black. Skip your draw step. Whenever you play a card, draw a card. And your maximum hand size is two. Which, like... <laughs> Alright, if you guys are low cards in hand, I'm also going to be uh, kind of, I have it in there mostly because, well, it's a fun card, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it's a card that's really interesting when you're able to generate a lot of mana. Because your, your one of your questions was, what do you do if your specters get dealt with? Well, one of the things I do is draw a shit ton of cards. And one of the ways I can do that is, so the card draw effects that are in the deck are effects that reload. Not just, like, draw a couple of cards at a time, then they're done. They're there because they're they're there to reload my hand. Like Greed. Like, uh... <clears throat> dark, dark Prophecy. Dark prophecy way, yeah. um, so Dark Prophecy, although I don't have that many creatures. But Necropotence. Uh, Argul's Bloodfast. Fre mm -hmm. Frexian Arena kind of gets around the uh, the limitation. And so when you're able to stick the Null Profusion, uh, yeah, you skip your draw step, but you still draw from other ways. Mm -hmm. You have a maximum hand size of two, but you start exploding, especially with the, with the uh, ways to use the mono black uh, mana. So it, yes, it says there's swamps in there. That's just because I haven't fixed the list since I originally made it. But I have the coffers package in there. I So I have ways to use that tons of mana. Now, you asked how I might change it. Since this is a deck that has some uh, a decent amount of black pips, I could see myself doing something like putting in Gary, uh, which I try not to just put in because then it becomes, okay, it's a Gary deck. I mean, but well, the, the, like, you don't, I, I think you don't have enough, you do have some recursion, but it's not enough, I would say, that having a blatant Gary, I play Gary, Gary dies, I bring him back, and I play him again. It, it, I don't oh, think it would happen I as often. Oh, I do something more diabolical than you think. Oh, oh, well, hey, I mean, those, you have your erratic portals, so. Same on some effects, yeah. <laughs> I have not lived the dream of erratic portaling a Gary before, but I'd certainly like to. Well, I think I think I might have been. I'm now nudging you slightly towards that direction. It's scary <laughs> to think about. Yeah. If I do that, though, then I probably would want to sort of start sneaking some more black pips, even if it's enchantments. Yeah, there's a few. I'm not sure what kind of enchantments you like. If you're taking out Megrim and Liliana's caress and stuff like that, and Maybe swapping in a few other ones. I I do have uh, I I have I'm running a um, Ephemia the Cacophony deck that mm -hmm. that focuses on a bunch of enchantments and um, 
I don't think... I think there's some merit in in the fact that it makes a zombie by exiling something. Um... I, oh, you know what? For some reason, I think what it would what would you think? Although it doesn't, it isn't on brand because like I'm not sure how well it synergizes with or grows in, inspectors. But what about running a motto black curse package? Um, because they're not that many. Um, mm-hmm. and you know you have some that tutor for them specifically uh, if a creature dies or something like that. But I think there's about seven or eight that probably be worth running that would. Uh, like there's some that force the curse target to discard, so that's one thing. Um, but there are other ones that, uh, as you slowly churn more and more out on a single opponent, they're like, oh no. <laughs> that way you don't even have to turn your specters towards them. The 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 it's doing its job. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to put curses in this deck. I have been thinking about making a curse deck, but that would be something different. Um. But if there are ones that trigger when the player is dealt combat damage, so uh, or when they're attacked, so like Curse of Disturbance, I might consider because that works with what the deck is doing. Uh, so whenever an enchanted player is attacked, create a two-two black zombie creature token. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. So I could see that because that encourages attacking. And it sort of encourages other people to also attack that player. Um, this already isn't a terribly political deck. Yeah. So I could see putting that in there. I'm not necessarily big on just putting curses in there to put curses in there. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. I would look to see if there are other effects like that where it can cause benefits for attacking and connecting. Things that work like the swords, I would say. Uh, I could put Necropolis Regent in, because that in- that increases devotion by three, uh, and whenever a creature connects, uh, put that many plus one plus one counters. I think... I th- I think that there's some strength in it because like you 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 put into play for six and you turn or gross or your or your other your other cards sideways mm-hmm. and you know they get a couple of extra counters on them but now they're fours and they're fives and and well maybe not fives like any even pretty much um you know fours and sixes and whatnot so yeah I, th- I think having having the alternative uh alternative strategy of my early game is getting rid of your resources in your hand and then eventually turn them sideways for a big swing. I think they're... It al- that's a it also is a large flying creature, which is nice. Large flying creatures are the bane of most magic players in a commander game, I think. Um, and yeah, I guess... Uh, I try, I'm trying to think of things that you don't just want to stereotypically run an anthem effect for uh, for a tribe that Oh, maybe I get to look at the top few cards. Like, I'm thinking of, um, what's the big artifact that's like creatures of the chosen type get plus two, plus two, and it has, uh, convoke. Um, but th- that's, that's the thing. It was like, oh, yeah, well, let's turn my four, three into a six, five. That's pretty good. Let's turn all of my fly, my three, three flyers into three, threes and four, fours. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. The next, possibly the next evolution of the deck that I, I, I think, I think there's some strength in it. I think it'd be worth doing. 
Uh, any any last words you got about the deck coach that that you might mm-hmm. want to be sharing with the audience? Okay. Um, so if you're looking for like an archetype that fits in, it it is tribal. It uh it is not necessarily the strongest deck out there, of course, but it's built um on the percentages that I usually play. Uh, it isn't it, there isn't a huge amount of tribal support for it, so. My feeling when I'm trying to build around a tribe that doesn't have a lot of tribal support is to put as many members in as you can, figure out what common ground they have, and try to build around that common ground. So I have a dog deck that I that where I realize that, you know what, there really is. I have a green red dog deck, and there really isn't a tribal synergy for dogs. So I found ways to give them haste, like Concrete and Crossroads and power them up based on the number of them. Uh, because that seems like something dogs would do. For the Spectre deck, I try to get benefits off of discarding and use some of the synergies and little nods to me, like on summons, to make the deck better than it would be otherwise. And now I'm thinking more about adding things like Necropolis region, because that works with what the members do. So if you're trying to build around an under-supported tribe, look at what the members do and try to find ways to accentuate that instead of just looking at the colors and the typically played cards. Like, Sad Robot is an awesome card. It does nothing in this deck. Even even though you're like, oh, I get to ramp. Uh, for Yeah, it doesn't progress the discard, the discard strategy. Mm-hmm. Also, it doesn't uh, work with any of the things the deck is trying to do, and it's just an awkward card to to play. The, the so just bring it back a second here. The the artifact I was thinking of was Obelisk of Erd. It the six mana convoke artifact. Choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus two plus two. Necropolis region. I think the more that's the more explosive uh, end end game because it scales way up if you're able to attack twice. Uh, but Obelisk does give the comfy plus two, plus two. It, uh, yes, the Obelisk gives the comfy plus two, plus two. It doesn't add to devotion. It mm. isn't a flying creature. And it doesn't trigger in combat, which works thematically. True, true. Okay, that, that, that that's actually a good point. So I could see a zombie deck running Obelisk over... But for the Spectre deck, I see Necropolis region being more useful because of the devotion, because of the fact that it is a decent flying creature on its own. It's a threat by itself. Because it triggers on its own. It becomes uh, a 12-10 if it connects with someone. Yeah, that's... (laughs) It's an underrated card, big time. And in this deck, it works really well with what I'm already doing. Yeah, I think I think you kind of going out of your way really kind of taking an objective look and being like, "Well, how would I build this deck?" I think I think coach that you 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 bring something to the community uh not just by this deck, but in general like giving a really different look at how how to play commander. And and this this oh, deck yeah. this de- the, the, this deck really best uh it was one of your best examples, I'd say. You're working with what you got, and you're making it work. 
Thank you. Um, and I try to use numbers and statistics because I am a statistics professor to make the decks function properly. So there's a certain amount of ramp spells, a certain amount of removal spells, a certain amount of mass removal, uh, a certain amount of uh, hard drop, and then you get into the fun stuff, which is, okay, how does the deck win? And that's... So what when I am able to specify what cards I would remove, it's because I know what job everything does that I'm able to say, you know what, I want... The cards that aren't doing their pulling their weight are the cards that are supposed to win the game. And so I want to switch how the deck wins the game to match how the deck or how the hands are playing out. Great. Awesome. Uh, Coach, how about we wrap it up here? Uh, thank you for coming on to talk about Ergos the Abdu One. Uh, where can people find your stuff? All right, so I'm on Twitter at uh, at coach underscore j underscore r o. Uh, I am on Twitch as uh, so I stream Monday through Thursday, and I'm putting in a D and D on Sundays as well. Uh, <clears throat> so that is Twitch.tv backslash on someone's skull. Uh, my podcast is uh, Anchor.fm backslash quote of arms. And then my YouTube that I started a few weeks ago, where I have a few different series going on, is uh, bit.ly backslash unsummon skull. I decided to do that because YouTube makes weird names and I wanted to have uh, a name people could find easily. Yeah, there's... Uh, uh, as someone who's kind of part of... Uh, I'm in... Uh, coach's discord community and i've bought been on a stream a few times i think you run a pretty tight ship of what kind of content that you think people uh what you want to bring to the table in the community and what uh i think best exemplifies the part of the community that we want to cater to and uh i'm glad to be a part of it i'm and it's one of the reasons why you're here thank you it's an honor to have you in the community and, and i i'm glad that i've curated a community where you feel comfortable yeah it's really appreciated all right, everyone, this is the episode where Coach and I talked about Ergros the Empty One. Uh, hope we'll see you on the next episode.